everyone, welcome back to another episode of the ABC's Affording Ahead, a show dedicated to providing some of the building blocks to help you cross those barriers in your life that may be keeping you from your destination. Now look, we don't claim to have all the answers. In fact, we may not have anything at all useful for you. All we can do is tell you how we built up our own mental toolboxes and then share our individual perspectives, stories, advice, and maybe moments of epic failure. I'm your host today. I'm Alan Sanders. I'll be the guide in this discussion, but I'm not alone. And think about it this way, neither are you. So to my right, I have one brother from another mother, a veritable cornucopia of positivity and wit. I want to say welcome, Ben Ford. How you doing, buddy? Hello, mate. Long time no speak. Um, it's been a it's while. It's been a bit. Yeah, and thank you for taking up the hosting helm. That's taking a lovely bit of pressure off me. It's fantastic. Oh, just today. I'm not saying this is forever. We're going to switch this around. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring in to my left the other brother from yet a wholly different mother, a guy with more bounce in his step simply because he runs more kilometers than I like to drive, more bounce than a kangaroo on a walkabout. Let's welcome Chris Jellyman. Chris, welcome. Hello. That was an an another amazing intro. Well, if it comes down to me to host at some point in the future, you do realise it's just going to be saying, hi, it's Chris, there's Ben, uh, there's Alan, let's get the fuck on with it. You know, <laughs> it's going to be it. Guess what? It's still the open. It doesn't matter whether it's one <laughs> sentence or 12, we're still going to start. I mean, yeah. for me, though, it's uh, that was a bit of pressure. The whole idea of having to come up with another fucking couple of books, a couple of novels I had to read out. Before, before you don't have to. No, I Honestly, know. Honestly, I wrote that five minutes before we uh, before we started. I just it said, didn't ah, sound I just like might it. Did, put some thoughts down. It didn't sound like it at all. So it's fair, fair. No. Well, <laughs> it's I, awesome. I, honestly, I could have probably just done that off the top of my head, but I didn't want to have the stutters and stammers make my job edi uh, editing easier. <laughs> and then I still ended up screwing up my intro to you. <laughs> superb, superb. No, but it is. It's nice because we were, we, you know, how long has it been since we um, last did one of these shows? months? It's been yeah. four or five months easy. I think, uh, I think we all got so, <laughs> no pun intended, locked down in our own circles of what we had to do. We didn't have a chance to really focus on this show. And I, I, I think we all felt bad about it. And we finally just said, put a damn date in the calendar. And ironically, we were going to do it a couple weeks ago. And all three of us had something happen. And I was like, well, Shit. <laughs> yeah. But here we are, finally. I think, you know what the cat catalyst was for me? I think it was when we did the, um, the, the Wild Ride. Catalyst? Oh, yeah. Cat catalyst. Cat okay, Catalyst. I said the Capitalist. I'm like, Catalyst <laughs> too much American radio. <laughs> uh, only to you, Alan. Only to you. You know that. Um, but no, um, it, it was it was going on the Wild Ride, you know, with you and Walt. And I think, because that's the first time that we've all recorded together for a little while, probably since May when we did this. And, and that um, was and that, so much fun. It was. Oh. It was awesome. And I think we just, we said, well, this is kind of like we're doing uh, an ABC affording ahead, but with a different name. So why don't we just, you know, get back on the horse and, and do another one? So that's why we're here. And I've been really looking forward to it. I think um, um, as well, when we're on it, it'd be great whether we get guests on at some point in the future on this show. That'd be awesome. I think Walt's a definite candidate to come on because it, it was great fun us for chatting. It was. Oh, super, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was one of the more commented on shows to me offline. A lot of people will share stuff with me. They won't comment uh, publicly, but they. a lot of folks said, you know, one of the things that they liked, and I think it's what we did in the last episodes of the ABC's Affording Ahead that we've been doing. They said you were... You, you know how to have that balance between pathos and sincerity and very introspective. And then suddenly you're cracking a joke and you're just having us laugh. And that sort of duality of moving in and out of, okay, we're talking serious for a moment. Let's keep it serious. But then all of a sudden, okay, we're done. Let's move on to something fun. And, and I think that really kept people engaged. Totally. And it's all about timing the dick jokes, isn't it? 100%. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not too many dick jokes. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was awesome. It, it was such good fun. In fact, that was the last time I recorded. I know you guys have been recording more, obviously. You're cracking on with your um, Metallica show uh, shows and stuff. So that's fantastic. And then uh, obviously you with your Wild Ride listeners lounge thing, Alan, as well, which is carrying on. And in fact, I think um, offline... I've not. Made, I'm not up to date with them all yet, but I believe it's Walt's dad who's on the most recent one. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. the one that just dropped. Uh, former FBI, lifelong FBI oh, wow. agent, former pilot, a uh, helicopter pilot in Vietnam. <laughs> I, 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 I want you to go listen to that solely for the story he tells of the first time that his helicopter crashed. Oh, like geez. he survived. A helicopter crash. I'm guessing he probably did because it would have been difficult to have gotten to come on the would show. Would have been hard. Well, you know, it's Halloween time. We could have, we could have, you know, got the Ouija board out and maybe channeled through Walt. Oh, Ouija board. You ever done that? Done one of those before? I have. Yeah, and I think anything sold by uh, game companies like Milton Bradley, when you can go get Monopoly off the same shelf as the Ouija board, I sort of don't buy into any of it. No, I did as a kid. I kind of believed in all that stuff. You know what? Before we get into this, have you seen the trailer for Fat Man with Mel Gibson? No. Ooh, no. Oh, is he like a drunk, coming out drunk, a drunk um, Santa? No, or no, no. Mel Gibson plays a uh, a kind of a jaded Santa who doesn't feel like anybody cares about him or believes in him anymore. And some kid wants something, and he's like, "Look, kid, look at your life. You have you haven't done anything to deserve it." So the kid hires a hitman to take Santa out, oh, and so it becomes sort of a, a Rambo esque style Santa story. So he wow. he'd be great in that role, wouldn't he? God, oh my God, God, it's great. You need to go check out the trailer for Fat Man. I was I was laughing, and I, it's definitely an adult movie. It's not going to be for kids, but it was just such an ironic storyline of sort of a a diehard version of Santa Claus trying to uh, survive a guy that's been sent to to kill him. That sounds awesome. And I, I must admit, I like Mel Gibson. I've said this on the the entertainment show, and you know he's had a bit of stick, like you know, over the few years and everything. But about that was his, like what ten yeah, years ago now. But it's just like yeah, I mean, because he seems to have. You know, he was really hot property at one point, and then he sort of his career died down a little bit. You know, and it's I really like Mel Gibson, and and looking at the cast list, it's got Boyd. Uh, I'll say Boyd Crowder. God, that's well, yeah, the guy that played Boyd Crowder, Walton Goggins. Yeah, yeah, yes. so awesome. He plays the hitman. He, uh, it looks great. You need oh, to check cool. out the trailer. Just spend some time and two minutes, three minutes, and, and check that out. I think the um was it was it Gib- I think Mel Gibson the turn of him coming back again was probably when he had made the appearance on Expendables. I think that was sort of like a turning point. Um, he did that movie that Jodie Foster directed where he played the ad exec who was losing it and started doing everything through the hand puppet. Oh, Remember the that beaver, movie? was it? Yeah. Yeah, the, the beaver. Be- yeah. Oh, hello. And, uh, and then he realized <laughs> not, he was being- Not that type of beaver. Oh, damn it. Well, Ben <laughs> may have his hand up one of those, but not this particular <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> but no, and it was actually a pretty dark comedy because at the end- did you ever see the movie, by the way? Am I, am I, I have a spoiler? No, oh, I haven't no, seen it. No, I've, I've heard it's pretty bad, though, but I, I don't know. Yeah, no. it's like his hand allows him to finally say the things that, because he, he had an, he's got an addictive personality and he became a drunk and his rehab was to have this sort of character that he would wear, this puppet. And then the puppet was able to channel the positive, ironically, the positivity mm-hmm. from his side, the creativity. Then he started realizing, I'm, I'm now addicted to this thing. And he ends up taking the, a table saw and cutting his own hand off to remove Ooh. this addictive part of his of his life. So I, I don't want to go that far with our advice to people. I'm not thinking, that, <laughs> you know, uh, the old biblical, if your hand is causing you to, to sin, remove your hand. You, no, no, we're not. 
How about we learn how to build better tools in our toolkit to be yeah. able to deal with this? Although I can suggest sitting on your hand for a good half an hour and painting your nails. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, sounds a bit um, Evil Dead 2, what you're saying, Alan. <laughs> well, I don't think he attaches a, uh, a, a chainsaw to it later. Yeah. But but just quickly, to be clear, though, I was saying uh, the resurgence of his career surely was once he did um, Expendables. Was that not when he started on the upturn at that point? I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I, I remember the Beaver being this first, like Jodie Foster, a friend of his, giving him that shot because he really was the star, not just oh, okay. one of multiple. He was the lead again. Oh, okay. He's done ten or fifteen movies. A lot of them are straight to cable or Netflix, but I mean, it was Passion um, of the no Christ. Real big hits, wasn't it? Passion of the Christ era was the the, the downfall, wasn't it? I think around that sort of era. Oh, that was huge. That movie. No, was that up. was massive. Yeah. Yeah, but was I it think- portrayed badly or something? I don't know. No, I, I've until, until Deadpool. Do you know until Deadpool, it was the highest grossing R-rated movie in, oh, wow. in cinema? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're turning this into the entertainment show. <laughs> <laughs> We're covering all bases today. Why not? Yeah. Well, why don't I do this? Because it's kind of my job to kind of keep us on track. And part of it is you. we haven't really hung out and chatted since, well, as, as far as the ABCs affording ahead in months, hmm. we did get together a couple, uh, well, about a month ago now, maybe a little bit longer than that for our episode that dropped in our listeners lounge on a different show. But really, we want to we want to get back to the idea of maybe just chatting about some of the things that are going on in and around our lives and how we approach some of the things that maybe give us a, a leg up or, I don't know, we all seem to gravitate toward a much more upbeat, positive Absolutely. attitude in life. No better way to be. You've got to, you've got to push through, haven't you? It's a, life is never not really that bad if you really sort of eliminate the garbage that you have. No need to, uh, you know, keep locked up inside the old brain. So just try and get okay, rid of that well, crap. Let me introduce then the first topic. And this is something that I know Chris wanted to bring up. And I, and I think we can all relate to it. So we can kind of spend this first big chunk. Because I, I think there's two or three things we could chat about. But I also don't want it to just drone. So we may... You know, just try to hit a couple of them. Mm. But the first thing you, you talk about, we don't need that negativity in your mind. But what about when you're surrounded either through social media, through news, through maybe the company you keep? How do you deal with trolls and negativity of those around you? Like, how do you deal with it? It's probably best Chris talks about this to start with, because actually yeah. I'm very switched off with all that. So, yeah. Tell me how you deal with it, Chris. Uh, so I suppose let me just go back a little bit then to when I was in my early to mid twenties. Before I suppose I started to understand fully a bit more about myself and you know a bit more about my mind, how it worked, and confidence and self esteem and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and it, I had this philosophy that if I criticise myself, then whatever anybody says can't hurt me because. You know, if I if I can criticize myself, then, you know, it's almost like I would knock myself down before I would give anybody the chance to do it. That was kind of the mindset that I was in, uh, you know, in that time of my life, you know, and I think it was down to perhaps a lack of, co- well, lack of confidence for sure, lack of self-esteem maybe. Um, but there was definitely those, that mindset. And I think, although in some ways it's a self-defense mechanism, you know, to have that frame of mind, it can also be ultimately you know, quite damaging because I don't, that will help you to a certain degree, but at the same time, I don't think it helps you in the long run. And like I said, I think long term, if you have those kinds of thoughts, it can actually have a really, really negative effect on you. Um, And it can be very difficult to get out of that mindset. 
so that was kind of you know where I was coming from, and I, well, I know. Go on, sorry. I was say I, I want to kind of jump on that, and it's that way we can kind of keep it going because maybe Ben could relate as well. I have very much had similar experiences growing up, uh, being kind of shorter than most of my peers because I started school a year early. It sounds great for a parent to tell everybody, "Oh yeah, look, he's already a grade ahead of all of it." Well, that's great until all of a sudden everybody gets their growth spurt, and you're the one going, "I'm still playing with GI Joes." You know, um, <laughs> you end up, you know, whether whether you, we like it or not, kids are cruel. And so my defense mechanism early on was to learn if I beat you to the joke about me, mm-hmm. then I can control the narrative. I can take the joke away from you, and then I can control how how badly do I want to go after myself? Because if I let you do it, it might go on for twenty minutes. If I say it, it's one, you know, maybe one minute, and then it's gone because I cut it away from you. So I think that's actually a good thing to develop. But you're right; it can't be the only tool. No, and I think it can be, like you said, it can be good. I'd now equate it to being able to laugh at myself, and I think that is a, an extremely powerful tool. To have a sense of humor about yourself is um, something that I've changed. I've flipped that kind of mindset, which was being negative about myself to actually um, having a sense of humor about myself, because I think that is so important, you know, to your own um, mental well-being and, and your own state of mind positivity. So, and then, you know, we, we had this offline conversation about trolls, didn't we, some time ago. And I love that phrase that you used, I think, isn't it? Why give somebody, um, why let somebody live in your head rent free? And I want you to expand a little bit on that because you, you said it and I thought, Wow, I love that. That's brilliant. So, what does that actually mean? So, yeah, when I, and I say this a lot, but it's it's it, like like many of these things that are 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 advices advices. Jesus Christ, <laughs> many of the things that are advice or or suggestions. It, it's easier said than done for people. But when I say don't let, let don't let someone live rent free in your head, if somebody really has done something or said something or acted in a way or said something to you on social media, and you're the one that's constantly dwelling on it. You're reliving it. It's it's going to make you the miserable bastard in the room. It's going to make you angry. It's going to make you feel down. Why let somebody live in your head like that? Live rent free. You know what? They're not sitting there miserable. They're not. They may not even realize you're in a bad mood because of what they did or said. You're the one stewing on it. So why let that happen? Why give all that enter- energy to something that you have no control over? Somebody said something stupid. All right, fine. Either you address it or you let it go, because if you just keep ruminating on it, it's going to take on a life of its own in your own head. And I think ultimately you're in control of that, aren't you? You know, it's your choice whether or not you decide to let that happen or you decide to either say not maybe face to face or maybe you would kind of say, well, fuck you. Um, you know, I'm better than that. So whatever you say doesn't make any difference. You can't hurt me and all that kind of stuff. Or you can use it as rocket fuel to actually propel you forward and say, okay, that's what you think. You know what? I'm going to show you how how good I am and how what I can do. So just a little example of that was um, in September, I did this little, put, set this little challenge myself. I'm going to run at least six miles a day um, and no particular reason. I just thought I'm, I'm, I'm out running. I, I, I'll give myself a goal. And, you know, something to sort of, you know, a little challenge because I've never done it before. Um, and suppose at the start of that, uh, you know, my mom, not, not because she was doing it to be mean or nasty or anything, but I think more because she cared about me and she didn't want me to get hurt, you know, or get injured. 
It was more like, well, why are you doing that? What's the point? And, you know, I suppose if you allow that, um, I suppose, in some ways, negative thought into your head and you start to then second guess why you're doing something, you then start to think, well, actually, why am I doing it? What's the point? But then the whole point about life in a lot of ways is to set yourself goals and targets and things that you want to achieve or want to say that you've done. Now, I didn't get a gold medal at the end of it. I didn't get nobody. There was no, you know, white line and I didn't cross it. It it wasn't like Rocky running up the steps or anything like that. It was just like, you know, when I did it, I did it for me. And it was something that I can reflect back on and look at and say, you know, come sun, you know, rain, shitty weather and all that kind of stuff. It didn't matter what time of day it was. I went out and did it. And if I can do that, then I can do something else as well and I can achieve something else. But it all comes back to, and I think this is what the point, you know, what you were just saying there about it all comes back to your own feeling of self-worth and self-esteem. And so because I had very sort of low confidence and self-esteem when I was younger, I wouldn't have been able to achieve some of those things and do some of those things that I was just talking about. And what I've learned and what I, you know, to try and picture and visualize, because I'm quite a visual person in anyway, in my head is that your self-esteem, because you can't, you can't see it. You can't like, you know, measure it in some ways like that. But the way I look at it is that it's almost like a force field around you, you know, because everyone, you know, there's going to be cr- people will criticize anything and everything that you do, but, you know, throughout life. And I think you have to build up that mental toughness. And yes, that's part of what your self-esteem is for me anyway, is that little, little force field that's around you, like a bubble or whatever you want to call it. When you've got good self-esteem, when you can identify the things that make you feel good and that, you know, make you happy and, you know, that can be setting goals and achieving targets and all that kind of stuff, helping people, being good at your job, being a good dad, whatever it might be, um, then anything that get the negative comes at you will kind of bounce off that force field. That's the way I look at it. But then the opposite works that, you know, if you've got negative self-esteem or if you look at yourself in a negative way, then that negativity, that force field will actually absorb even more negative comments. And in fact, in some ways, it will deflect positive comments. And that goes right back to what I was just saying about when I was younger and when I was in my 20s, my boss would perhaps compliment me on saying, oh, you did a good job doing that. I can sort of still visualize those conversations I've had with her. And, you know, she would say, oh, you did that really well. And I'd say, no, I didn't, I, you know, just did it. Really, you know, she said, no, you did a really good job. And because I didn't believe that and I didn't believe in myself properly, I, allow, I, I those positive comments bounced off my negative force field, if you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, and I think once you can identify some of the things as to why you feel like that, for me, it was low confidence because, you know. Uh, it's usually external it, things as well, isn't it? That yeah, that the, the other things. Confidence. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, once you identified that and that baggage and you can then see, work on what it is that's making you feel like that and then decide to actually, I'm going to let go of that because it's not helping me. It's holding me back, it's dragging me down. You can then start to move forward. But I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I thought for me, it's a really massive part and it's something that happens to me every day. There's some, you know, most days I generally feel pretty good about life and about myself. There are some days where I think everything's shit you know what i mean that's i think we yeah, all really we all have those moments but well, they, we're not they... going to walk around in a fantasy land we're not playing candy land where we're just going to play make believe everything's okay and hunky-dory you've got to yeah. have a realistic view of the world sometimes things 
are going to take you down. There's going to be challenges. That doesn't mean you allow yourself to wallow in them. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what, you're in a different place to me, Chris, as well. In fact, both you guys are. And that's really interesting hearing what you're saying, because I kind of eliminated that. I, and this sounds, it's not in a big-headed way, but I do kind of live my life just always bigging myself up. Like on a personal, personally to myself. I don't go around the place like a fucking narcissist or anything like that. But I'm saying personal affirmations on a daily basis. And it's easy to do that when you're on your own. So that's where, you know, I changed my life massively by making that choice. But the thing that the thing you get, you lose in my situation is the fact that you end up being alone quite often as well. So the payoff is... If you're in like a really happy relationship or a marriage or whatever, that sounds wonderful. It sounds superb. That's what everyone wants. That's what we should all have, whether it's a marriage, a relationship or whatever it is. But I unfortunately haven't got that. So whilst I'm understanding everything you're saying there, Chris, I don't actually have very often those feelings or thoughts because I've eliminated any external shit that can come at me. Mm -hmm. In other words, I've almost got a barrier up. It's a really bizarre thing. I, I won't. I'll, I'll acknowledge the mistakes I make, of course. I mean, everyone, it's important everyone does that. And I'll, I'll acknowledge things that are not good. But I, I tend to steer more towards everything that's great. And there is an element of acting. There's an element of pretending sometimes just to get your mind set into the right mental state as well. Um, but I think because of my situation, that's where we're both very different. Or I'm different to you guys because, you know, I think like what you're saying, if, 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 if I woke up every morning and said to, say, my wife or my girlfriend and turned and went, oh, yeah, this is not really... It's easy to get in that trap in it to kind of moan about things. And But if, if you don't have that, <laughs> that person to even say that to when you wake up in the morning and you just say to yourself, you know, the set of affirmations which I have, you know, personally for me, I had all like life coaching and everything, you know, to, to change my life. I don't have that set. I don't have those sets of things that affect me during the day. But on the flip side, what I do have is extreme moments of loneliness. So it, it, that's not good either. Mm. So I have to flip my brain and thinking, right, well, you know, I created this problem. You know, I, I decided to be on my own. I, I've created this life for me, but it's because it was better than the other option, better than the other options I've had in all my life. So 90% of the time or 95% of the time, I feel great because I haven't got to put up with any other, anyone else's shit in my relationship, you know, because I, I don't care what anyone says. It can be difficult. I think relationships are very, very difficult. And going from what I've been through in my relationships, <laughs> there's it hasn't whole worked. aisles in yeah. every bookstore about how to save those things. Yeah, and I get <laughs> so. that. I bet what you guys have got, I'm, you know, not it's not envious, but I love the fact that you guys have actually got these marriages or relationships. You know, where, well, you are married, aren't you, Alan? Yeah, but you, but you both are. Both. Well, of you. it took a second try. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but you found the right person, and and you know that's that's a whole other set of issues, isn't it? Relationships and all that, and you know, supporting each other, all those things. And I think what I'm trying to get at really is if you've got a, a unit of people around you who actually support you, that's more important than anything else. So it's important actually in people in situations where you're in a bit of a dodgy relationship where you feel maybe you're not getting the support. And I'm saying this from, you know, I, I really enjoy helping people and that's like doing this show, you know, I'm hoping it helps people, you know, talking to you guys, having it helps these people. But at the same time in, in the real world, I get a kick out of really helping people as in talking to them, whether it's on Messenger or directly. But again, that can take a lot of energies, you know, for me personally. And I think some of my days where I'm not feeling up 100% on top on form is when I've used up my energy on other people. And I think it's really important to actually say no to some things and take time out for yourself and be a bit selfish sometimes, not in the sense of neglecting others around you, but taking time out for yourself is really important, you know, to... to you know, yeah. you say be selfish, but in a good way. And mm. I've always taken a different approach. It's not selfish. Okay. If you're making sure that you're making self-help time for you and healing for you, because then how good 
are you going to be able to help or how well will you be able to help others yeah. if you completely crash? Yeah. So it's not selfish. It's like, okay, I can, I only have so much gas in my tank right now. I'm not going to do anybody any good yeah. by trying to run past the point where it's empty. I think you're right? right. And I think at the start of all that though, originally it was very much like, if you're always saying yes, and I know, I know Chris, I know Chris very well. And I, I feel I know you very well as well, Alan. And I thought you're definitely guys who would go the extra mile for people. You know, you, you do. Oh, yeah. You, and we're all, 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 all three of us are like that. I know we are. But you, there is a level of burnout sometimes of that, particularly if you don't get reciprocation, if you don't get that back from people around you. You know, these sort of people are the ones you really don't want. They're the negative field, negative energy type folks. You really want to eliminate those people from around you. That's quite an important thing as well. Don't be drained. You know what, though? That's interesting you say that because my wife and I get into this discussion sometimes where we'll always invite people we'll say hey let's do a game night hey let's play cards or hey we're gonna do this yeah. and my wife is like how come we don't get invited so, as often like all of our friends are cool they always come over and i said well hun maybe we're the ones that do the inviting exactly maybe that maybe other people don't know how to stage it they don't feel comfortable maybe they're not they're not maybe their house they feel like they don't want to host it maybe they just don't even know how to begin they just maybe their anxiety that yeah because you're reading it one way you don't know until you talk to them I'm not going to assume that they don't want to do something with us because we never hear from them because every single time we offer, we have people come over. You know, if they didn't want to come over, they wouldn't, right? Well, it's fear so of rejection I've maybe said, from, their, from their perspective. Maybe they're worried you're going to say no or something. You know, there is right. anxiety there. And, right? and, and I said, you know what? Maybe we're that couple that comes up with the, hey, we're doing the game night. Hey, we're doing the fire pit. Hey, we're going camping. And yeah. people are like, oh, they're doing it now. We can go with them. And and you have to be okay with that. You have to stop reading. I say, like, I don't want to make paint my wife in a bad way. It's just, I can see where it's very easy to almost look at it in a negative way. How come nobody invites us? And it's not true that nobody, but it feels like we're always the ones. I say, who knows? Maybe we're the more adventurous ones anyway. So Absolutely, yeah. we have to learn that you can't, you can't give people emotions or, or motivations or thoughts because in your head, you're, you're immediately suspecting the worst. If you don't go talk to them, why do you have to leap to the worst? Maybe it's a completely ex- explainable thing. So I've learned my personal toolbox is unless I'm either ready to hear from them or they tell me, look, we just don't get along like you think we do and we're not comfortable. I'm not going to assume they're thinking negative thoughts. I don't need to subscribe negativity to people that I'm not even going to bother to go communicate with. I'm just going to say if they don't invite us, it's not because they don't like us. Because then every time we say, come on over, they do. So why put a negative feeling on someone else? It's almost like you're projecting some yeah. worry that you don't measure up. Well, and actually, because of that, yeah. you're putting it on them. Well, actually, the spin on that is that you're actually a leader type. You know, you're, you're actually the guy, the guys who actually put things into motion. You're the, you're the people who come up with these ideas of going out and doing stuff. So, so some people just like to be the ones to be asked, you know? A lot, there are people, exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. And that's the more positive way of looking yeah. at it. Instead of saying... Oh, I guess nobody wants us to come out. Like, no, yeah, we're the ones who do the asking. That's our job. That's who uh, we just I mean, happen to be. I mean, I wish you was in this country because then I'd have someone invite me out. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit around my own indoors, you know. Ben, I would invite you to but, so much. I mean, there's only so many. None of that dogging bullshit. Not getting involved in that. <laughs> but it's true, and and I think that's the point I wanted to make. It's about the the alone things that for me is a very difficult scenario because I am very sociable you know and you know not that we can go into it particularly deeply but with everything going on in the world at the moment 
it takes that social aspect away from me, which makes it oh, yeah. very difficult for me. You know, so. Human beings are social creatures, whether we like it or not. It's great to be able to be alone. And in fact, it's a great life lesson. Everyone needs to learn how to be okay being alone because you will have moments in your life, whether you choose to or whether yeah. your job or whatever an opportunity puts you somewhere where you still don't know a lot of people. That's a great skill. Which is interesting that we were saying, and quite funny, that, that a lot of us in later life, if you've got relationships, there's always one, there's always someone who's got to go first, you know? Leave this this dear land first, you know? Well, you, basically, it's the, the, the tool there, is it? The, the tool there is is to, to be used to being low. Enjoy your own company, and that's what I do. I, I love my own company. It gives me time to podcast. It gives me time to play video games and all that sort of stuff. But there are times when actually... You can sometimes you 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 want that companionship as well. Now that's one thing I do miss in my life, and that's one thing I aim to have. But I'm not going to take anything less than what I should. I've the mistakes I've made before in life are going into relationships where it actually is not ideal. If you aren't comfortable with your alone time, you're going to make the mistake of trying to fill that gap yeah. with the first person that comes along, and it may not be the right person for you. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people who are addicted to relationships. They can't be alone. So they don't even know who they are by themselves. Uh, absolutely, yeah. They're always somebody else's. They're like, I'm the couple. I'm the person with, or I, whatever. You have to, one of the things that actually I, I, I got told when I, when I got divorced the first time, and this was some great advice. And I know people who are separating or, or splitting up or whatever, whether it's live-in relationships or marriages. But I had a great counselor tell me, look, you adapted to a lifestyle of being with somebody, which meant whether you, whether you did it con consciously or unconsciously, you changed parts of who you were in an effort to either be agreeable, to reach some kind of a compromise, but now you're by yourself. You're going to have to get used to being who you are and remembering who you were prior to that relationship. You can't just bounce into another relationship. So... What I was told, and it, and it bugged me at first, but I'm so glad I took the advice. They said, for every year that you're in a really serious relationship, you need three to six months of being completely out of a serious relationship. That doesn't mean you can't go out and have fun, do things as groups, or maybe even have kind of a, just a date night out. But in terms of a serious relationship, yeah. so think about that. If you've had a 10-year marriage, what they're saying is for the next two, two and a half to five years, you shouldn't start looking for the next wife or the next husband because <laughs> not, it's going to take that much time for you to kind of get yeah. back to who you are. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think I'm on that turning point now. It's actually this week, this or in this week's five years since we separated myself. And, my, uh, and we're like best friends now. I mean, she's the mother of my child. I, I, won't, I won't have it any other way. I've got um, three kids from two different mothers and I'm just on proper levels uh, how it should be which you know in an ideal world everyone should be like that and still be friendly with the mother of their church children you know it's, it's an easier life it's better for the kids and I, I and i'm very grateful for that but that's due to the fact of how i've always expected that people should be like that so it's great to be friendly like that now but actually you're right it's about five years five years probably this week or next week can't remember exactly when it is and mm -hmm. i've had some great times through all of that but also, I've kind of created a bit of a monster in myself as well. A nice monster, a, a cuddly monster, in the, sense of, <laughs> in the sense of it's easy to be on your own, you know? For as much as I don't like being alone, it's really easy for me to be single and on my own, just having fun, because I'm scared to commit to anything, really, if I'm honest. So I've got to, I've got to overcome that going forward, you know? And not well, but that makes sense, yeah. too. You're gun-shy because you've had two different relationships yeah. that didn't 
that didn't succeed. They, I mean, that's they were too long term. Honest, ones, yeah. they, they yeah. didn't work. They didn't. They didn't work. So, and is it me? <laughs> I think I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> there may be a common denominator. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> No, but you know what? The other thing, and Chris, you can weigh in on this too, because you, you're, you're on your second marriage. We are always changing and evolving, and it could very well be that we changed a little, but sometimes your spouse changes, and you change into something that no longer is compatible together, and you got to be honest with yourself. And I was raised in a way, I was going to be in it for the long haul. In some ways, I'm sort of glad that my ex, who turned batshit crazy and we're not friends at all and I envy people like you Ben who can still have a relationship with the mother of your children mm. I mean she she went bonkers I mean just yeah you can't control end. that you can't control that you can't no. but the fact is I was gonna stick with that I'm glad I didn't because I can't imagine the mental harm that would have befell our children had they been raised in an environment like oh, that mm-hmm. you know sometimes people do change and you got to find the person that you're okay changing with and if they go in a completely different direction it just may have to be time to call it quits and and chris i don't know about you but i know when i got to my second marriage i was much more comfortable about not only who i was because i had that alone time to recenter myself but then i realized i jumped into somebody who i was enamored with but then i became a friend later and in the flip side I came up, I came into a relationship with somebody who I was a friend first and I had a great friendship yeah. and it built up from there. And I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I'm just thinking about this now. And when I got married, I was 21 and um, I, going back to the first thing I just mentioned on this show, which was because I'd got such low uh, confidence and, and low thoughts about myself. When I met this girl, um, you know, the first time around, it was like, I'm never going to meet anybody else in my life. You know, this was, this was it. So that was kind of the thought process of getting married because if I, if we get married, then we'll be together forever. And, you know, I suppose in some ways I was quite immature about it all, but you know, looking back, I mean, God, I was 21 and I I only really think that I've, I, I, you know, properly grown up as uh, into my thirties and and I still don't think I'm grown up. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's that, so it was, I would, you know, say we met when I was 20 and we got married a year later, did it all in secret, didn't tell anybody. And the only reason wow. people found out about it was because um, my dad found a letter from the um, the registry office, um, which was stamped, you know, with the registry office stamp on the back of the envelope. And he asked me about it. So it was kind of like nobody would have found out, found out that we were actually married, um, you know, had he not found that letter. So and then it was all very fraught and and rushed through and because we thought we were Romeo and Juliet and uh, doing everything in secret and you know she was 18 so you know very very young and people would always say to me at work you know and at the time I never listened to them well you know are you too young for this you know live your life and everything but because I was in that frame of mind it ultimately I suppose in some ways you know and I don't regret what happened because it's shaped who I am but at the same time looking back I was too young and it was um you know it, it for seven years or so and it ended up ending very badly um and having a, such a negative effect on both of us um you know it, it it did put us through the ringer but then like you said Alan coming through it and you know going out going crazy uh getting pissed for a few months and and whatever then I 
Metcash, sort of like, you know, um, and we, like you said, we got closer rather than sort of like falling head over heels. We developed that relationship and I learned the difference between a positive good relationship and a negative bad relationship. And it was a stark do you know what I mean? Because at the yeah. time when oh, you're, you're night when, and day. when you're in a bad relationship, I don't necessarily you don't always think you're in a bad relationship because it's normal. So, and I think it's only until you've seen the other side that you actually realise, well, you know, that was really bad for both of us, and this is really good for both of us. Do you know what I mean? So, I think that's important mm-hmm. to recognise that. Um, and I'm by the way, I'm not suggesting that people go out and have an affair or, or you know, dump their other partner because of you know i think it's something you've got to you have to work understand yeah. yourself at the end of the day and i think ben you went like you mentioned five years ago i think yeah. perhaps you know we both felt that not not me and you but i should say but um, <laughs> you know me well, and my first no. my, just, just, oh, just, new story line. I just although can't believe yes you left me you there was that one night uh, but <laughs> no i think we in bangkok yeah <laughs> well we call it ben we call it bencock bencock <laughs> I think, she, although she took chose to leave, and I, I you know, we've, we both fought, or I felt like I was fighting more than she was, and I didn't want it to end. But I think ultimately it was, it, it, well, it was the right decision, and you know, it it was. Although I didn't think it at the time, but it's funny now because I've got a friend who's just sort of ended a relationship; they were engaged, and. Uh, you know, that I can now be in that position where I can offer that bit of advice that to basically say, it's shit now. You're going to have up days where you're up and down. Uh, the days which you're down are really bad. The days where you're up are just kind of normal. You know, you're just getting on with it. Um, but ultimately, you can't see it now. But you'll look back at this moment in years to come and look back at how crap it was. But then ultimately, hopefully, you'll look back at how strong you were because you got through it. And you will look back and you reflect on it and then you will be a much more content and happier person in yourself. Yeah. You know what? And, and this goes sort of circling around. This is sort of a, a evolved in this conversation. But a, a, a buddy of mine, he went through a divorce and, and his counselor gave him an, an analogy that I, I also liked because he told me about it when I was going through mine. <clears throat> he said, counseling can help fix people if you yourself are whole. But if you're a broken engine, and you're with somebody whose engine is also broken, it doesn't matter how much you go to therapy, you're not going to go anywhere. You have to make sure that you are solid, that you're whole, that you're healthy, Mm. that you feel comfortable with where you are, who you are, what you're doing. If you're going along simply because, I'm going to do anything it takes to save this, but you're still broken, it's going to fail no matter what. You're Mm -hmm. just putting it off. You've got to be whole yourself. Yeah, and and just to back that up, so and people may th- think listening to this, so it makes it sound so easy. It really, really wasn't, and it took. It's taken, you know, at the time, um, a lot of sort of sessions of counselling for myself, not as a couple. You know, after the event happened, you know, and after we'd broken up, and I remember my boss saying to me one day, you know, going into work as acting as if nothing had happened, and he turned around and said, um, you know, we offer a counselling service if you need any body to talk to and I remember saying to him why do I need that you know what I mean I'm totally fine but then one day I think it all hit me 
And I remember going into his office and sort of I was breaking down, you know, a little bit and just saying, look, I need I need to talk to somebody about this. I can't I can't figure it out myself. And so, you know, and that really helped me. And I'd never done that before. And so I would encourage people uh, to to talk to somebody about about problems that you may have. And yes, friends and family are good, but then there is that danger that they can potentially be judgmental because they're your friends and family. And I'm not saying they might might take sides, but they... Um, oh, they take sides. <laughs> so, but talking to somebody who is totally impartial, has no vested interest yeah. whatsoever, I think is very, very positive. And it, it, Absolutely. It, it's a show of strength and character as opposed to a sign of weakness. And all, No, uh, you need to talk to what, what I like to call that dispassionate third party. Yeah. They don't have a vested interest one way or the other. They're going to be that... that, that unknown that they don't have a they don't have a dog in the fight they don't care if you're right or she's right you're wrong he's right. they're not taking sides they're there to just help you and if they can be outside of that inner circle it's great to have friends great to have people to bitch and moan to but honestly an actual family counselor a mental health counselor someone who deals with relationships even if it's just a handful of sessions they're not in your inner circle most times they don't have a dog in the fight, which means they're going to be honest with you. They're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're not going to take sides. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to squeeze it into an hour as well. <laughs> then they kick you out on time. <laughs> well, they'll charge you for the hour, yeah. although mine always lasted 45 minutes. I'm like, why only 45? Well, you know, we want to make sure we don't overlap. I'm like, overlap? I'm paying for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That's awesome. But you know what? I, I, I have a degree in psychology. I mean, I thought I was going to do that for a living. Turns out- yeah. I don't have the temperament to sit there and listen to people whine all day. <laughs> so, and I think, um, I think with what I was saying earlier, that, that, that like helping people, it, it, it's, it's when I fancy it. And, you know, as, as a counselor, if you're going to it fully like that, you can't be like that. You've got all the paperwork to do. You've got all that shit to deal with. You know, it's a proper job, isn't it? It's a proper career. Um, helping people. And these are people actually quite close, you know, people in the podcast world and you know, friends and people. And just, just to be an ear and be quite... I can be quite brutally honest with people as well because it's easy, isn't it? If you've got no invested thing with them personally, it's quite easy to just sort of point things out, you know, and just uh, people might not take their own advice sometimes. And that's the difference with me as well. I've definitely changed. I've gone back to my best version of myself in the sense that I don't just, I just don't put up with any of that shit. And I think Chris, like you're saying there, being 21 when you first got married and being young and your whole, the, whole, the way your brain thought back then, it's good it happened back then, really, because it means you weren't wasting a lot of your life doing it later in life, you know? So it, mm. it's, it's kind of better that it happened earlier on, I think, as well. So. But on the flip side, don't you wish someone had said, trust me, five years from now, you're going to be a different person. You're not who you are now. Uh, yeah. I grew immensely from when I graduated college to my late 20s, having two children, being a responsible dad, growing in the yeah. workforce, really starting to understand how the world works. I was a completely different yeah, person totally. from when I was 29 versus when I was 22. Oh, 100%. I, mean, I was always very grown up anyway. I had kids pretty young, 22 years old, so I had my first child. So I've always been very, um, again, a lot of this, come, I can't speak for Chris, but a lot, of this can, a lot of this what goes on in life is because of your past growing up. A lot of this is because of what happened as kids and all that sort of stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? So there's part of that. You know, wearing wearing everything on your sleeve. I, I used to be like that, but I'm a very different person now. I don't mm. really wear everything on my sleeve so much as I would before. And it is you. Cut in my case. I kind of have to be a little bit more 
and, I, and again, we, we mentioned earlier, not being selfish, but I kind of have to just think to myself, do you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to put time into myself. I know what I, I know what I shouldn't have to put up with. Let's put it that way. Nobody's yeah. perfect, right? There, there's no such thing as perfection, or anything like that. But I certainly know what I shouldn't have to put up with in a relationship, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. So as long as you can yeah. identify that, you know? So. And I think this goes, I mean, you know, linking it back to my children now and, you know, my eight-year-old in particular, because uh, she's kind of at that age now where she's maturing and she is, I think, ready to start learning some life lessons and, you know, um, things that I perhaps didn't have when I was a kid. Now, I had a really great childhood, uh, you know, in terms of, in a lot of ways, you know, I was, I'm an only child. So, um, you know, I, I learned to use my imagination. Um, I was close to my mom, um, not so much with my dad, but I think we've sort of built that up over the years and you know things happened when i was a kid uh you know which weren't great to see you know which have affected my outlook on life um and it's it's only through i suppose you know growing up and and dealing with them uh that i suppose you know i'll perhaps talk about another time because there's a lot to unpack in in this next you know but it's it's so but so i can't really complain too much but I, i don't necessarily feel like I had that direct encouragement, you know, and, and again, I'm not whining and moaning about, oh, well, this should have been said to me. I should have been made to feel more special. Well, it's not about that. But actually, think, kind of, Chris, you, as parents, yes, yeah, you are pretty much meant to do that to your kids. But, right? No, but at the do. same time, but at the same time, and I'm thinking like more recently, yeah. I know, you know, I get my dad and my mom worked all the time. I, I spent a lot of the time at my, my grandparents. So, you know, it, and and I can't fault them for working because, yeah, they, you know, they've got to keep a roof over our heads at the end of the day. So I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and I had a great time with my nan. As you know, I've spoken a lot yeah, about yeah. her in the past. She let me watch fucking Robocop and Predator when I was, was 10. The, the uncut <laughs> versions, the uncut versions as well, I hope. So, yeah. You know, and, and Bloodsport when I was 11. Yeah. So it, it, it was great. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm thinking about my daughter now. I mean, she signed up to a cross-country um uh, running thing after school uh, it starts in November why the fuck she's signed up to this I mean she just came home one day and said um, I'm doing I want to do cross country and it's like okay I mean she's generally quite a sporty person wait a minute you've been running yeah. non-stop she's been paying attention kids watch I, I, dude she wants to emulate you well I don't know about that she'd rather sit at home and play bloody Roblox or <laughs> she's or, not gonna or, tell or you honestly <laughs> Bag it on your fucking kid's not gonna again. do that now well you say yeah, hey Chris, let me give you a tip because I just had a great conversation with my 23-year-old daughter at the house that she's renting that I'm doing some work on. They didn't tell me shit when they were here. Now we have these wonderful conversations. After she's graduated, she's got a job, and she's like, you know, I always realized if I was going to come argue with you, I watched how you did things on radio, and I knew I couldn't just make stuff up. I was like, well, why didn't you ever tell me that before? And she goes, well, because you just as a kid, you don't ever think about it. I'm just telling you now because I'm an adult. Mm, yeah. So trust me, she's observing you, dude. But well, the point I'm making though is that she wouldn't. You wouldn't think that though, because I mean, it's great that she signed up to it. But at the same time, I'm now taking her out three times a week to run a couple of miles. <laughs> That's now, awesome. Um, but it, but she doesn't want to do it. So it's like, well, I'm not just going to let you turn up in November. <laughs> And, you know, blowing out your ass when you've run 100 metres. And, I mean, she's generally quite, like I said, a sporty fit person anyway. But at the same time, I wanted to do well in it. So I'm pushing her. 
And this is the point I was making just in as much as that there's, I, I want to encourage her to do something that she herself has put herself forward for. But it's that finding that balance of pushing her to a point where, you know, almost like being cruel to be kind, because it would be worse for me, I think, to let to just let her sign up to this and just say, "Yo, you're going to be amazing," and off you go. Oh, and yeah. hers, she's totally unprepared for it. But then there's the so the you know earlier on this week it was pissing down outside. You know it was raining, and um, we went out for a run. She didn't want to go out, but I pushed her into it because I wanted to almost give her some defence and strengthen her a little bit. To life isn't going to always be a bed of fucking roses life is going to be hard sometimes and i think if you experience a little bit of it i'm not saying i'm gonna i was whipping around like you know <laughs> kicking her ass like a fucking drill sergeant um but you know i was saying come on get your fucking legs up you little shit you know it's it, i think <laughs> it's more but i think if i give her that little bit of resilience and like I was, you know, those positive messages as I'm running around with her and we're only really going at a slowish pace. But it's more about like when I was saying to her, you know, the hardest thing that you have done, it's not the running, it's stepping out the door because your mind is saying to you, I don't want to go out there. It's cold. It's cold. It's warm in here. I can just sit and it's cozy. But the hardest thing that you've done, it's not the running, it's getting out and do, and get, stepping out the door in the first place. And I think if I can build in that little bit of resilience, if I had, if maybe I'd have had that when I was growing up to a certain extent, and I'm not saying I'm the world's best dad because I'm certainly not, but I think it's just, it's trying to find that balance between giving my own children, uh, being a little bit hard on them, being honest with them, but also being very kind and caring and loving at the same time. You know what I mean? And mm, you, you've right. been parents longer than I have, so I'm still learning, but that's kind of where I'm coming at with all that kind of stuff. Cause, and, and, me, and it all links back to the first thing that I started talking about when I was, you know, doing this show just is if I'd have had that self-esteem and confidence when I was a bit younger, I, I perhaps would have turned out to be a slightly different person. And that's right, not, that's not a regret. Say. I don't want to say, sorry, yeah. I just want to finish this off. That's not a regret at all. And not, I don't live life with regrets, you know, um, my only regret, actually, is selling my Star Wars toys for £20. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd have kept those fuckers. They're worth only a fortune I, I, now, aren't they? I, it's mm. because I only wanted to go out on the piss. I sold them to my cousin for £20. Can you believe that? I had them all. Anyway, um, but um, no. So if I'd have perhaps had that little bit of push, a little bit of drive, a little bit of encouragement, but building my confidence as I was you know, younger, then who knows? But there you go. No, I, I totally get it, but I want to give you two things to think about because I've thought about this a lot, having a, a, a father who never reinforced that I did anything well. Never. So, like, what is this? This is. I also will tell you, are you the person you are today because you had to discover it for yourself? Would you really be a better person if, if your dad had given you more or your parents had given you more encouragement? Because technically... You are who you are because maybe they didn't. Mm. So think about that. Mm. It's not necessarily, I'm not saying that they can't give you encouragement. I think it's always good to be real with your child. Don't blow smoke. Don't tell them you did a great job at practice when you know they phoned it in. Don't tell them they're the best singer in the world uh. when they can't hold a note. You're just going to set them up for failure. But I will also tell you this, and I learned, it was a hard lesson for me as a dad. 
I had to recognize in my kids who all were athletic. They all ran cross country. My youngest started in soccer. Both of my, my two oldest, they both played soccer from the time they were five or six until high school. And then my oldest actually all the way through college. But I, I, the hardest lesson as a parent I had to learn, I could tell my daughter, both of them, I could say, you know, you're kind of letting too much gap there. You need to, dad, stop telling me what to do. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to give advice. I see her coach could go, Ashton, what the hell are you doing? Close that gap. Okay, coach. Sometimes it can't be you mm. teaching them. Mm. Sometimes it's got to be someone else. Mm. Yeah. In my case, I'm Keep very, that in mind. I'm very hands off, actually. I, I just literally let my, to my I, the way I judge it is I look at my three kids and just see how goddamn lucky I am because they're three amazing kids. So I'm definitely doing something right. And I'm definitely not this type to be pushy with that regards. My, my dad was great growing up. So I kind of had a 50-50 split. My dad's always been very, very positive, even is now, you know, with regards to we do songwriting together, all that sort of stuff. Always been very pro me when I was playing rugby, all that sort of thing. Uh, he didn't have any of that from his from my, from my grandfather, none at all. He, he had the total opposite. And he turned out to be an amazing, decent dad. Um, so I think there's an element of you kind of end up being who you are, regardless of how yeah. you're backed, whether you're backed or whether you're not so much. But in my case, I, I, you know, my, my son, who's now 22, he had the chance of going to university. He was the first one in any of our family, the chance of going to it. And me being me, I'm just like, well, I'm not going to push you in anything. But my dad, to be honest, was kind of like, oh, he really should have gone and done that. And, and, I, and I'm very much like, no, I'm, I, I, he would do what he wants to do. He just came at me and said, dad, I don't really want this £45,000 debt off my back when I'm, uh, I come out of the end of university. I'm just happy doing what I want to do. So he went and done and he's happy. They're good kids. All of my three kids are good. So that's how it worked for me. It, I, don't, I'm, I don't want to be that pushy parent. I just, I never will be that kind of person. I, I think people will just do what they, they, they'll excel in areas where they excel, I think, you know, and I think that's the best, especially in this yeah. day and this day now, and age now, I think it's harder to be pushy, I think, in the, you know. I, now, Chris, I don't want you to take that in a, in a wrong way. I do think being encouraging, being oh, realistic, yeah. maybe they need that kick in the pants, especially if a coach has said, hey, you, you, you're gassing, you know, you're running out of energy a, you know, a half a kilometer away from the end of the first 5K. Uh, you need to run three times a week. You need to do the, You need to push yourself. That's where you can go, told you. You want to come for a run with me? Yeah. <laughs> so just, um, just can I, I just, but, one last question, one last thing, just to back up what you just said about that and, and about you don't know, who, you know, you're going to turn out how you're going to turn out. But also, you know, if it's that balance, I've just, I listened to Arnold Schwarzenegger's audio book and he, talks a bit about his childhood, you know, it's very hard. His father gave him no real reassurance or encouragement as such. And he even questions that towards the end of the book and says, who knows if he'd have left uh, home and pushed himself and driven himself to, if he'd have had that encouragement, you know, if he'd have had that, uh, he may have gone the opposite way and felt more comfortable to stay at home. But because he didn't have it, he actually felt yeah. more motivated to leave and make something of himself. So it's you know you don't know. You do don't you? really know, you know. I mean, God, some people turn out to be serial killers. You know, this happens. Shit happens. <laughs> no, but Shit you know happens, what? I think know? one of I think one of the things that is a common theme, which I, I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, we really didn't cover what we said we were going to cover, <laughs> but it evolved. I think what we're seeing is you yourself at some point are in charge of your own life, and I think what all three of us mm. have done regardless of whether we got enough coddling when we were younger, enough encouragement, enough positivity, 
we made a decision at some point in our lives. We all said, okay, I can't blame mom and dad anymore. I can't blame life. Mm -hmm. I can't blame the wife. I can't blame my friends. I'm in charge of my own life. And whatever it was that got us there, a lot of people, even with the encouragement, even with all of the tools that are being provided or maybe made available, if they don't make that internal decision to say, I'm in charge, they may still fail. So you're right. There has to be that internal component where we all come to the realization and everyone listening, you are in charge of your own life, not someone else, not some dark forces out there. The universe is not conspiring against you. You know, with the billions and billions of stars and all of the billions of people on this planet, you are not significant enough for the universe to go, I'm going to fuck with Alan for the rest of his life. It doesn't work that way. It's got to come from within you first. And um, just quickly, can I just say just quickly as well, is uh, uh, the one thing I will do is I tell my, my dad's all, we grew up, my dad always put his arm around me, always tell me he loves me and all that sort of thing. My mum was the quite opposite. So there was a 50-50 split. Lived with my mum, didn't live with my dad. He lived 65 miles away, but he was almost just there. He felt like he was always there. He's one of my best friends, okay? Uh, I'm now getting to my mum. I take her to work with me all the time. She's, she's one of my best friends now, but it's taken many, many years for that to happen in my case as well. So even with that, with in my case, with my kids, I tell them I love them every day when I speak to them. And I think that's the most important part as a parent with regards to your kids. It's just give them a cuddle and tell them you love them. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you you can't hurt your child no. by telling them you love no, them. No, you can't. Yeah. And, and I will tell you this. If you learn that it's up to you at some point, you can't keep blaming mom, you can't yeah. keep blaming dad, you may find out your mom or your dad never understood how to say I love you or how to do the positive. So by blaming them, you're blaming them for something that maybe they didn't even know how to do. Mm. So at some point, take control of your own life. Stop blaming other people. Mm. Exactly. That's we weird. get one shot of this life, don't we? Do you think it's with billions and billions of chances of being alive? It's a great life. And you, you, you die once, okay? So you need to live every day without a shadow of a doubt. So. Uh, and I think as well, right. it, just to back up what, again what you just said there, I think, you know, for you to have any kind of happy and successful life, you know, you know success can come in many different forms, you know. doesn't mean you have to be a millionaire. doesn't mean you have to have houses, cars, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, just being happy is successful. Just a bit of suction every now and again, please. <laughs> that's, that's, all I, that's all I ask for. <laughs> I don't need money. But the, to <laughs> achieve that... <laughs> To achieve that, I I I fundamentally believe you have to take one hundred percent responsibility for you, for yourself as a person. You can't achieve anything unless you actually start to do that. Okay, so let's just actually that comment and how we sort of just rolled around brings us right back to the not letting people live rent free in your head, not letting other people have control over your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. It really does come down to you. So the first topic and the one that drove us in this kind of very wide circle was about trolls and negativity or negative commentary in your life. I almost feel like through this journey so far, this this about hour long that we've been on, it really comes back to, it's up to you if you let somebody in your head. It's up to you if you let someone's words have an effect on you. You can very easily learn some traits. It may take some time. But there are some very easy things you can do to learn how to not let that come in. And I, that was kind of my second topic was how do you start to train your brain for positivity? So do you guys want to hear kind of my step-by-step what just, I just think? Quickly, though, Alan, as well, how often do you actually get trolling upon your life from people? 
Oh, for what I do, yeah. <laughs> all the time right, people okay. try to troll my social media. Yeah. And what's, you know the best thing? I say this is a funny advice. I say don't feed the trolls. It's absolutely true. If you put something on social media, it's your comment, your thought, your view, your opinion, and you get these asshats that aren't even in your life that decide to tell you what an idiot you are or how stupid you are, or what a moron, did your parents have any children that lived? <laughs> I don't but, know who these people are. I just ignore it. I don't yeah. respond. I don't engage. I move along. And you know what I think to myself? They're probably sitting there waiting. Oh, come on. This is certainly going to get a response. He's he, He's got to respond to this. And I don't. They're probably letting me live rent-free in their head. Mm-hmm. And that's fine with me. Yeah, by doing absolutely nothing, you're actually totally in their head like that. That's crazy, isn't it? They'd be so it agitated is. by the fact that they... That, that, that their level of... They thought they were that important that you would respond to something like that, you know? Now, on the flip side... I don't mind engaging with people, total strangers. I mean, look, Ben, you and I, we would not have engaged yep. with one another if I had ignored you. We, there are ways to engage with people, but I felt you were coming to me with an actual open conversation, Absolutely. open invite. I felt, oh, wow, I'm welcome to engage in a conversation. I have lots of back and forth debates with people who are much like you, me, and Chris here. We can chat. We may not see 100%. We have different perspectives. Of course, we're not all identical. We're not freaking clones. But if you are going to come at me with a, a discussion and we can have an open discussion and it can stay civil, it may be passionate. It may be well argued. But if you can do that, hey, I'll, I'll yeah. continue to converse all day long. But if you're an asshat who's just throwing you know, shade my way. And you know what? I don't, yeah. I don't feed the trolls. From, I let you just go on your way. You go look for dinner somewhere else. You're not getting it from me. And from my experience as well, I've learned so much as well by having an open mind to stuff. So, you know, that, that's the most important part. Um, you might not agree with everything that everyone has something, something has to say, but it's certainly better to listen and understand both sides of the argument, if there is an argument or, you know, whatever you're discussing. But I've learned so much, honestly. It's crazy. And it's that, that's a great feeling. And that comes, that's a work in progress for everybody as well. And it comes with age and wisdom, I think, to be a bit more open-minded with stuff. So. Well, I wanted to, as sort of a close to this, this uh, not necessarily a self-help for those listening, but I do like to articulate maybe a little more concretely sort of some of the things that I know I've suggested to others. And to me, you can program your brain. You have to. You it's not going to be a light switch where you turn it on and off. It's going to take a conscious effort. Chris, like you, telling your daughter, you got to start. You got to get out there. You know, if you if you just take the step out the front door, that's a step toward growth. Same thing with your brain. If you've already programmed it to be negative, to assume the worst, to have these people live in your heads, it's not going to be overnight. But here are a, a couple of things that I want to go through, and then you guys can weigh in on each of these. But Ben, you said it. One of the things that I find helps me stay maybe more positive or certainly feel maybe less negative about what I might think are my own challenges is that I'm constantly aware of where I can help other people. If you make it about others, not just about you, if you're, if you're like, you know, someone's really hurting right now, I should probably reach out to them. I should probably, is there anything I can do? You suddenly start feeling like your problems aren't maybe as big as they, as you thought they were. Because now you're, you're, you're doing something for someone else. Absolutely. If I was to open up my um, phone and show you guys my list of messages to people, it gives me great pleasure just seeing, just even, even just little check-ins on people. And it's good enough for them. Just that one little check-in sometimes is just to check up and they go, yeah, I'm okay. Or I'm not feeling it's good. They engage in a little bit of conversation. 
but it, you can just see in their manner and how they respond. They're, they're so pleased that somebody's checked in on them and that sort of thing. And that for me is just, that's an amazing thing. Because let's be honest, you know, there is someone out there who, have, who is having a shitty time, terrible time, yeah. kids dying, yeah. you know, kids dying before the parents, you know, all sorts of shit, you know, that, that, that we have not got, like touch wood at the moment, hasn't happened to us, you know? We are very lucky. I'm, an, I'm a very, very lucky man, you know? I prefer having no money. It's not about money, but not, you, know, you know when you can, get, you, get bogged, you can get yourself bogged down sometimes and think to yourself, oh, God, I can't do this, I can't do that. But then you just flip it and think, yeah, but look all that fun I have had. I've had the best time ever. So, yeah. you know, it's about reprogramming your brain. It's a computer, man. That's what it is. So yeah, It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what you just said is kind of like the second piece that I had written down. And I I'd started to develop this. Social media has really forced me to do something more positive. As I wrote down here, if somebody pops into your head, like somebody you're just randomly thinking about, oh, I haven't had a phone call or I haven't talked to somebody or I wonder how they're doing I look at it as my brain unconsciously, if it brought that person up, take the 10 seconds yeah. to send a quick text message. Mm. Just reach out and say, hey, just just thinking about you. Hope you're having a great day. It is amazing it is. what you can do to other people just by sending a quick text message. And then it starts to make you feel good because you are thinking mm. about somebody else. Yeah. And that goes back to this the sort of like positive reinforcement to build up that force field around yourself, you know, for your self-esteem. Because then you feel good that you've made somebody else feel good, um, and and I think that's really important. It's a little bit like you know I'm not I'm not massively into the band, but you know just getting that news of the day the the, was the singer from the Wanted. Did you see that? He's oh he's got, got a brain terminal, tumor. terminal Inop- terminal brain tumor inoperable. Yeah. Thirty two years old or thirty one whatever he is. He's literally just had a child. It's at that that moment right there. Reading that the other day or seeing it on the um, internet. That's how lucky I am. Touch wood, that's not happening to me right now, you know, and that is a that's bad. That's shitty. That's a real shitty thing that's happening for somebody in their life at the moment. So Yeah. yeah you know, if if yeah. you are thinking of other people first, and again, this we're not talking in absolutes. You have to there's things you have to take care of, and I've got to treat on here, look after your mind and body. I'll get to that yeah. in a second. But if you are putting sort of a a wider context in your worldview, it suddenly makes your problems feel maybe less difficult or maybe less of a hill to climb you know i would much rather be dealing with financial hardship than a brain tumor that's in oh absolutely give me two choices which one am i picking hey i'll take broke every time i'm still alive yeah you know and and that thing that you were saying there about listening to that little voice in your head and i've only become more attuned to that as i've gotten older i think it's it's a skill that you perhaps you learn as as time goes on because that voice will pop into your head a lot uh, and I, I just dismissed it, you know, a lot of the time. But it actually is, I think, important to listen to that voice a little bit, you know. Uh, well, it sounds like I'm, you know, listening to voices. <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, but you know what I mean? It's, it yeah. is, because that, it almost feels like that's your conscience. That is your, you know, your, your what are you going to call it? Your, your soul, your mind, your, you know, your, it is that in the voice that he's telling you and I think it's important to try and stay in tune with that. You can't ignore it. It's questioning you for a reason. The reason yeah. is there. It's for that reason alone. Yeah, I, I, I think we both are saying the same thing, Chris. I, I used to just sort of, why did, why did my dad just pop into my head? Or why did my mom? Or why, why, did, why did Chris all the way across the pond? I'll be sitting there and I'm like, you know, I haven't even texted Chris in like three or four days. I'll just say, okay, there's a reason I just thought that. Maybe he could use a good text right now. 
What's it hurt me to just say, hey, buddy, what's going on? Well, I was kind of. That's it. I was kind of right? hoping for a dick pic, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can progress the relationship, but I was waiting for your approval. I need. I needed to be. I need you to, like a vampire. You had to invite me into that into that into that room of yours. So. Um, but you know what? I do think uh, there is that little inkling. If you do find yourself all of a sudden thinking about a high school friend or maybe a coworker that you haven't talked to for weeks because you know with the with the the challenges going on now. But you know what? There's no. We have so many cool tools at our disposal. You don't have to be caught in a 30-minute phone call if you don't want to. Just a simple, quick text message or a Facebook message or just, mm. hey, just happen to be thinking about you. Hope you're having a great day. Just something. It's amazing yeah. how it not, make, it not only makes you feel better, more than likely, you've just brightened that person's day, even if just for a moment. And sometimes they still come up with the same negative, depressing <laughs> you got to learn to sort of steer clear from some people because actually some people are just living that life of, you know, that if you don't believe that you can improve on things, then it, that that's how your brain's programmed. That you you have right. to get out of that. You've got to somehow. So that gets me to my my next bullet. It's Ben. Are you looking at? <laughs> are you looking through my lens Listen, here? Are you looking at me? You know, I'm you know I'm standing behind you right now. <laughs> hold on, okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, I got my eyes closed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they're, they'll open up in a minute, wait, trust wait. me. Split you in oh, two, oh, sunshine. Oh. Split you in two. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, slow, G- gentle, gentle. Uh. Um, but the, what I wrote was, hey, surround yourself with other positive people. Mm. A, a lot harder than it sounds, because you may have folks in your life that you feel kind of obligated to keep in your life, or you may feel for some reason that you owe it to them. But honestly, if you don't have the mental toolbox to deal with a lot of negative people, why are you keeping them around you? It could be that that's keeping you down, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's, 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 it's contagious. You know how if you, if you surround yourself with people who are all laughing, you just, finally, you just find yourself feeling better and laughing oh, too? Oh, laughing, yeah. Go. It's the yeah. same thing. If you, surround, if you surround yourself with people who are constantly just, oh, life sucks, oh, everything sucks, oh my God, I've got bills, oh my God, I don't know what they think about me, oh my God, <laughs> then you start feeling the same fucking way. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I am just done. Yeah. I don't, I will leave someone to the curb. I will say, you know what? I'll help you if you want some help, but honestly, I'm not going to hang out with somebody who's a Debbie Downer. Yeah, and and you, you just mentioned vampires and they are like vampires that will suck the life out of you. And Oh, absolutely. It, They're like dementors from Harry Potter. Yeah. They suck the joy right out of you. Yeah. And so, and I think like that is totally, um, you know, you will, people gravitate towards you, you know, if they see that you are, you know, a positive person and hopefully you will attract more positive people. Um, but if you are, you know, have this negative outlook on life, that's the kind of people that you're going to attract because they will reinforce your worldview, which then makes them feel better about themselves. No, absolutely. Uh, there's a, there's a phrase that I, I do a lot of mentoring and kids, especially some of the maybe at-risk kids, they're like, I find myself, I'm always getting in trouble. I'm like, well, tell me about your friends. And yeah. the, invariably, they're always getting in trouble too. And I said, you know, there's a phrase that, that I grew up with hearing as a kid. It may sound old-fashioned, but it's true. Show me your friends. I'll show you who you are. Mm. We tend to gravitate to the same behaviors and attitudes of those that we sort of either admire or feel like we want to be like or in that inner circle. Well, what if your inner circle is a bunch of shitheads? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you need a different inner circle. And it's harder, I, I, I grant it, it's harder said than done. But if you surround yourself with people that are positive or they care about others or they're trying to look, you know, at the wider, bigger picture, 
it'll help you feel like you can look at the bigger, wider picture. And suddenly it does feel less stressful. It doesn't feel like you're by yourself with all these negative emotions. Now you've got positivity around you. And suddenly it just, it helps dissipate the negative. I'm assuming just doing this podcast, isn't it? doing this right now is a, is a massive boost, isn't it? Mentally. It yeah, is. It, it, oh my God. And, yeah. again, and it always goes, I find a lot of people who actually have a lot of time to think negative things are people who don't have hobbies. People have got to get hobbies. You've got to do something. You can't just sit there watching shitty TV constantly, which, you know, things like EastEnders, we got a show every quick. Do you know EastEnders, Alan? I don't know if you do, if you've heard of it. It's, a, it's basically a um, long-running so, so soap popper. opera that just uh-huh. feeds out negative bullshit storylines constantly. Like, they all do now. I mean, back at, I remember when I was growing up, we used to have one called Emmerdale Farm, which is now called Emmerdale. It, it was fucking funny. It was funny to watch it. <laughs> Even that now is a depressing piece of shit. It's ever since they got rid of all the cows and sheep and then just, <laughs> they, they shorten the name to Emmerdale because they realised they couldn't have a they couldn't constantly uh, have it all about a farm you know how, how long can you bang on about a farm you know so but it's just it's right. all that th- these shows uh, uh, reality TV these, pe- these people's hobbies are literally just sitting there watching this shit TV constantly that is no- that is amazing you are you are standing behind me because <laughs> the last bullet on my list I'm jumping around as we're talking about stuff but I swear to god this is one thousand percent true i think this is why my dad died earlier than he needed to he didn't have a passion outside of work he didn't have something he loved to do something positive something he could put his energy into whether it was volunteering whether it was woodworking whether it was playing video games or whether or reading a book he had no passions outside of work so i wrote down make time to do something you love whether it's a podcast whether it's a book it's not about making money it's not about oh yeah you know, having 10,000 likes or going viral. If you love doing what you're doing, if you're finding that moment, whether it's reading or cooking, playing a sport for Chris started running, you know, whatever it is, find those genuine things that bring joy to you. Now it can't be your only thing. You know, sorry, we've got loads between three of us, loads of things. I've got enough. I haven't got enough time to do what I want to do with all the things I enjoy doing. Do you know what I mean? I'm the opposite. Because well, because we're surrounded by so many things we exactly. have to do, and we exactly. are smart enough and adult enough to balance the exactly. things that need to be done. You can't just play all day either. But no, but if yeah. you've got pursuits, you know, like camping. We just came back from camping. That's a thing I love to do. Now I can't go camping every week, but we'll go for a, a week or two. It's a change of pace. It's something different. I feel re- energized and refreshed. It feels like something I can do for the rest of my life. You know, it's like running for you, Chris. Like, isn't it running? Isn't it? It's like the endorphins that, that you must. I mean, you must feel amazing after doing that. It's like you know, I exercise every day. I work every day. I play guitar, video games whenever you can. Just podcasts, whatever. There's there's almost too much stuff to to enjoy. You know, really. You know. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. I don't ever sit down and watch TV. Let me put that. I watch Netflix, of course, but I, I, but I pick and choose. I can binge. Well, yeah, you can, have, you can have yeah. binge periods yeah. where you say, I, today's the day I treat myself to yeah. sit on my ass, yeah. but you can't do just that. No, no and, and these people do though, don't they? You've seen them. They'll just be tapping away. And this is where the social media comes into play. You can read their depressing, the negative bullshit. You know, it's because they've got nothing else to do other than just sit there and overthink everything and complain about everything. Mm-hmm. No, it's just crazy. And, 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 you know, here's the other bullet that goes with what you just said about the working out, because this may be toward Chris, but honestly, you want to be a better positive person, get off your ass. Oh, it's your body, your mind and body is linked, whether it's walking, whether it's going for a run, yeah. whether it's working out, doing pushups, get moving. It's amazing when you start actually taking care of your body. Yeah. And I'm not talking about being Arnold Schwarzenegger. You don't have to be stupid about yeah. it. But just move. Take the dog for a walk, mm-hmm. for 
for 10 minutes every day, it's amazing how much better you'll just start feeling. You were doing that 100, sit, 100 press-up challenge, weren't you? I'm doing that 100 yeah. push-ups a day. I'm like yeah. on day 30. It's amazing. Amazing. I, I love it. You know, it's so easy. I can, I can find, you know how, how long it takes to do just a set of 25? Like maybe 35 or 40 seconds? Yeah. yeah. Don't tell me I'm not wasting 40 seconds. I wait, I wait 40 seconds for the fucking microwave to tell me my popcorn's done. Yeah. I mean, I can do a set of push-ups. Yeah. I get laughed at. My daughter will ask me all the time, little Anya, all the time, because I'm constantly moving around. I'm not one for sitting around, really. So my exercise over the day will be spurt, in spurts. Obviously, my workload anyway keeps me very, very fit. But I'll be, I'm constantly moving. So I'm doing like exercises as I'm walking around making her dinner or whatever. She just laughs. But for me, it's because I like to make my brain constantly think, no, keep exercising. Do you see what I mean? And that just works for me. So to be constantly doing it. It looks ridiculous sometimes. So I might be doing it randomly when it just looks weird. But it's because I'm doing it because there's no reason why I can't do it at that time. You know, I, I could just exercise. Can be, you don't need all the weights in the world. You don't need to go to the gym. Don't become a gym wanker, people. Don't be one of those. <laughs> Fucking people who spend four fucking five hours a day in there doing that shit and forgetting to do their legs. They look ridiculous. Like, hey, <laughs> hey. Hey. I have a feeling that came right back at me. No, no, no. no, no you, know, you know what I'm saying? And it's just that that becomes a chore. You know, exercise doesn't have to be a chore. That's what I'm trying to get at. You know? No, you know, what's funny. My kids and my my wife has gotten more used to it. My kids used to laugh every single time I had a conference call with a client. Anytime I'm on a phone, if I'm talking even to my mom, I don't sit still. Mm. We're all living on our cell phones. We've all got portability. I walk laps through the house. I just keep moving and moving the whole time I'm on the phone because why not? I'm not going to do anything else. I'm on the phone. So it's a great habit I've developed. Yeah. Similar to you, Ben, you're in the van all day. So when you get home, you can walk around your house. It doesn't have to be exactly. going like for a sprint. And Chris, I know you go running but I'm sure there's things you 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 do to stay active as well. Yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, when I um, finished that little challenge, I guess you know, I kind of put put it out on Twitter. And I, the thing is, I think you're talking about being sur- surrounded by positive people. I had people that were encouraging me, you know, like you and other people that are, you know, are on my running, um, you know, app or whatever, sending me daily messages saying, you know, keep it up, well done, and and that really that little push helped me. Um, you know, not because not only to keep going, but because ultimately then I didn't want to let them down because I felt like they were giving me that in- bit of encouragement that I wanted to keep going for them as well. So I think, you know, going back to what you said about having positive people around you, but ultimately, you know, you don't have to do something as strenuous as that. You know, my challenge this month is to run half a marathon every Saturday. And that's just something for me, you know, because I want to. Um, but it's... A, like you said, taking the dog for a walk, going for a walk around the block, going for a walk in the woods, you know, going for a walk wherever it is you live, you know, or, or doing something, be reading a book, you know, a week or anything that helps to motivate you and, you know, setting yourself those targets and goals and challenges for yourself. It's really important, I find, for me anyway. Is And also, you, you putting that on um, Twitter, there, there's more most likely somebody on there who you've probably, you know, inspired to go and do the same thing, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and, and I don't do it for that reason. And I, I kind of, you know, um, one of the things that t- going off topic slightly is that w- when we were going to do a rant show, I was sort of having a bit of a whinge and moan that, you know, well, why aren't we getting a bit more recognition with the reviews that we write, you know, and the thing, you know, because a lot of people, we put work into it, you know, it takes some effort and it takes some thought. And, you know, then you get somebody who just posts a picture of something um, video game related and it just ends up getting like 50 retweets and you're thinking well 
what the fuck? You know what I mean? I've I've spent like an hour and a bit writing this review, putting my heart and soul into it, and it gets maybe read by one person. But then I started to realise if I'm doing it for those reasons, I'm not doing it for the right reasons. I'm not doing it for me. Right. You know, and I think that's important as well, is recognising why you're doing something. You've got to do it for you, not to do it to please other people or to get that recognition. I mean, yes, recognition's nice, but that shouldn't be your main motivation. Um, right. It's like I said, make time to do something you love. It's not because of the clicks, the relikes, the tweets, the shares, the viral. It's got to be something you love. If that happens, that's great. That's gravy. That's that's the icing on the cake. But you know what? You're right. You got to do it for you. If it, if you're doing it for some other purpose, it's not going to bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got a couple more. Uh, we're, we're sort of talking about the the mind and body. I will tell you, as a coach, uh, you can have such influence on people's lives. I'll never forget. I had a middle school coach when I was in fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. Uh, so be seventh grade, seventh grade. And he had this great phrase that to this day stays with me. He said, y'all should run a mile a day and read a book a week. Strength of the mind, strength of the body. Every day we started gym class, read a, or, you know, run a mile a day, read a book a week. Strength of the mind, strength of the body. That has hung with me that says to be a whole person, you've got your physical health, you've got your mental health and your spiritual or your, that what we're talking about, the positivity. That mental is also kind of connected to that where is that inner core, that inner center, whatever it is you call it, you could call it religion, you could call it spirituality, you could call it, you know, connecting with the world or something altruistic, but there is that third leg in all of us, physical, mental, and spiritual. And you got to figure out how to keep all three of them healthy. Mm. It'll make you a so much better person. Yeah. You just feel good all the time. My mental feed, I, I can't, I don't have the opportunity to read. And I've never been a great reader, but my reading sort of has moved on to like, books audiobooks or a podca- podcast sort of taken place of that now and also i'm really mm-hmm. inquisitive so i'll go down that rabbit trail of the encyclopedia thing with the internet you know you, yeah, you, i don't rabbit, I, and yeah. i i don't want to get mistaken as being like you have to read an actual novel i think what he was basically saying is engage yeah, yeah. your brain mm-hmm. absolutely do something that engages your brain learn something new oh yeah uh, you know listen to a book on tape yeah in, you know, think about a world problem, engage in a conversation. What did you say, Ben? By opening yourself up to different points of view, it's gotten you to a better mental oh, place anyway because you've grown. And learning. There can't be a day that doesn't go by that I don't learn something new. That Every day we learn something new just, just by default, by reading, even if it's a tweet that someone's done. or you know, or, If you choose to do that, yeah. there are a lot of people who don't. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they don't learn something new every day. And I don't get that. <laughs> no, um, that's just arrogance or uh, ignorance at the highest level, isn't it? I suppose that's all it can be. So, yeah. Well, okay. So the last one I have, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll figure out how to kind of close things up. But I I had to learn this habit, and, and, it, and it took me a while because it's so hard at the end of the day to <laughs> Mast- remind myself to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's not hard at all. <laughs> that comes very easily. Oh, all, bing, all, bing. all pun intended. Uh, well, because I know what I'm doing. It comes out really, really too quick. quick. Um, See, I was thinking as well, Ben, I was waiting for Ben to make a crack about the third leg thing. But, uh, uh, I, 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 it, was a sense, it was a sensible moment, buddy. I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't come in. With okay. It. This joke goes all the way back around to the very beginning about just sitting on your hand. You never do that till it goes so numb and then you pretend like it's a stranger trying to jerk you off. That's always fun. That's what I was saying earlier. 
Is that what and you I, meant? And I said, paint your nails red as well. It looks like somebody else's hair. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> I thought you really. Okay. I, you thought I'm I was not up you. on your English lingo. I didn't know what paint your nails meant. What? <laughs> I, I've never heard that phrase. What? Painting. How do they do their nails in America then? How do you paint them? I think in the in the context of actually, you know, pretending it's a woman wanking <laughs> you off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about getting a roller out. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I let it go because I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. Never <laughs> Alan, Alan, there we go. You learn something every day. Here we go. <laughs> I just learned something new. Oh, well. So the last thing, this one did... And, and I've, I've gotten to the point where this just happens now automatically. It, I'll, and I'll be honest, it took a lot of effort to now where I don't have to think about it anymore. But I swear this is a fantastic habit to develop every single night before you go to bed. As you're lying there, you don't have to write it down. Just take 10 seconds, although it may take longer initially, come up with three things that happened during the day that were good things. It's so hard at first because you keep thinking, Oh, my life is shit. Everything is bad. But did somebody reach out and send you a message? Did the sun set while you were walking your dog? Did you, did your dog, just simple things. Maybe you've made them too big. Did you get that fresh cup of coffee that just really woke you up in the morning? Did you have that great client conversation? Uh, did somebody pay you a compliment? Did your, did your wife just happen to you know tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, babe, thank you for making dinner? Think about just the simple, positive things. They don't have to be massive, but just three a day. Look back at your day and go, what were three things that took place today that were positive? That's brilliant. It is amazing how all of a sudden you start to pay attention to how much positivity really is all around you. Yeah, and in fact, in the end, I bet there's there's space for more. I bet there's more than three things that happen sometimes. Oh, yeah. it, it's at a point now yeah. where it's like, I'm just, I'm happy with so much in my life. It feels like I'll be up for an hour remembering everything, but start small. Come up with three concrete things that you can, if it's just your dog made you laugh because you, you came in the house and he put his head to the side and went, Arr? and you're like, okay, that's funny. What Simple. It doesn't have to be big. I think everybody keeps waiting for, I didn't win the lottery. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't get a new car. No, small, yeah. the small stuff. Man, the flowers bloomed, or the leaves just started to turn for the fall. I, I I got my first you know gust of you know fresh Arctic air, and it felt great outside. Simple things, and I and the more you start paying attention to those positives, and you think about it, it starts to really get you your brain. Again, this is all about reprogramming your brain to realize stop dwelling on what you think is wrong, because while you're doing that. You're missing out on all of the positive that's happening around you all the time. See, that's amazing. You might laugh at this. I, I, I when I go to bed, <laughs> always have a wank. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm going to laugh at <laughs> no, this. Okay. No, no, seriously not. <laughs> the point is that that I say the same things every time. I don't actually do that because I suppose I think of those during the day. But I always smile as I'm going to sleep, right? And I always say that I love my three children. I actually say it out loud. I do it every day before I go to bed. And that makes me happy. And I always wonder, do I fall asleep with a, with a smiley face? It's just, you know, it's a great feeling. But now I'm actually going to do what you say there as well, Alan, before I do that before I do the other thing at night. But yeah, that's fantastic. So. I, 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 you know, I can only tell you from my perspective, from me, it took a while to get into the habit. Yeah. It happens automatically. I just, I lull myself to sleep, reliving some of the most amazing small moments that happened to me that day you know simple i know it sounds like i'm 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 rambling but you know 
I had a great interview with a guest on the radio. You know, I got home, no traffic today. I, I, yeah. I got all the lights on the way home. You know, how cool That's is awesome that? when that happens as uh, well, isn't it? When that actually happens, the yeah. timing, it's like, how do, why is it not like that every day? But when it happens, it's, it's amazing. You know, just at the right But place. you know how many people don't even give that moment of acknowledgement of that is a positive yeah. thing that happened to you that day. Mm. Do it every day. Trust yeah. me. It'll help reprogram your brain to start paying attention to the good things and not dwell on just the best. I do kind of do that though, but I do it at the time if that makes sense. Yeah. So whilst oh, I do too, yeah. because it's become automatic now. Yeah. But a lot of people listening, they may not even do it when it happens. So they oh, may absolutely. need that exercise of thinking back through their day. Yeah, that's awesome. Excellent advice. I did. I mean, I did something similar. Uh, I don't know if you remember Ben. I mentioned it's probably about eighteen months, two years ago now, and. Um, I think it's just after I read that Fiona Harold book, you know, yeah. and I was feeling a bit down about something. I can't remember why exactly. I didn't dwell on it, but, um, no. you know, it was kind of like, I just, I don't know why. And I took 10 minutes to write down the good things that I've got in my life. And after I did that, I felt a whole lot better. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's a great book, isn't it? That really is a fantastic book. Though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, because again, we don't want to just drone on and pack people with too much, but I think as we're winding down with that sort of my list of things that I brought to the table today, just some of the things that I think can help reprogram your brain. You guys got anything else you want to add on this episode? Because I'm hoping we're going to kind of get back in the swing of things and, you know, try to make sure that we're a little more consistent. But I also understand, and we all understand life sometimes takes over and we, we have to put priorities where they, where they exist. But Chris, anything else you want to add uh, for, for today, for our episode of ABC of, Ahead. No, I suppose the last thing. I, I, well, first of all, thank you to you guys for um, for joining. Uh, you know, doing this recording. It, it's been awesome as always. You know, I'm buzzing after after we S- have a see you another five months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Make the most of it. Uh, no, it, it's kind of like you know. I always feel quite hyper is the wrong word, but you know, in, energized after we finish recording because I just feel like it's. We've had a really positive conversation. It's infectious, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, that's good. Um, and I suppose a, a book recommendation uh, or audio book recommendation, I finished it a little while ago, uh, is in two parts. One of the most interesting audio, um, audio books I've ever listened to because it wasn't just an audio book where you've got somebody who's just speaking the book. Um, it was actually a kind of a, an audio book stroke podcast, um, which is quite innovative. By a guy um, written by David Goggins, who I've mentioned before, um, and who's led so far such an amazing life and and experienced some of the most negative, horrible things that you know anybody can experience as a child: um, domestic violence, abuse, beaten himself by his dad, watched his mom being beaten, had gun pointed at him by his dad. Um, you know, managed to escape through that. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, you know, but. Uh, you know, put on weight, was 300 pounds at one point in his life, um, was, um, a, a, you know, an exterminator, you know, going around the restaurants at night, spraying bugs, but no hope in his life, you know, no nothing, no ambition, low confidence, racially abused as a, a teenager and all sorts of horrible stuff. Um, and then, you know, one day decided that he wanted to be uh, a Navy SEAL and went through the buds training, failed, uh, you know, through health issues, uh, you know, manly. Oh, by the way, sorry, I should say he went to the um, recruiter's office 
and was told, okay, you need to lose, I think it was like over 100, 130 pounds or something like that, a lot of weight, and you got to do it in a really short space of time. And that was his goal, managed to do it, went through the training, uh, the hell week, all that kind of stuff, um, through injury, failed it, you know, uh, but on the third time managed to get through it um, on broken legs. I should point out, you know, and that is incredible. I mean, when you listen to it, it's unbelievable. You think that nobody can endure this, you know, nobody can go through all this kind of stuff. Um, and now got into ultra marathons, you know, and everything. I think if you if you Google him, you know, and the, watch the videos of him, he's been on, I think I first discovered him on the Joe Rogan podcast. You think, hear him talk and you think, wow, this guy is incredible, you know, uh, and he just, I think he, he hasn't come up with this this name but, you know, basically one of the hardest men in America. Um, and this book is called Can't Hurt Me. And, you know, I'll sometimes hashtag that, you know, because it just it meant a lot to me listening to that. A lot of the personal stuff It's very difficult to listen to in places. But so the first half of the book is about uh, him growing up, his childhood, you know, and then going through all the army stuff. And then the second part of the book is more about, you know, his life and health and uh, or getting into running and all the other bits and pieces that he's done. And uh, so once he'd done those challenges, I and mean, this is somebody who ran, um, you know, a, a 24-hour marathon, you know, over 100 miles in a 24 hours, wow. uh, uh, you know, without hardly any training and and the experience of doing that and then all the signing up to all these other ones in Death Valley and all the crazy shit that he's done. And then, you know, doing other things like pull-ups. Uh, I think, like, at the world record was, like, over... 4,000 pull-ups, you know, uh, in in a certain period of time. So anyway, brilliant, really inspirational. As I said, slightly different to the t- standard audio book because you've got the uh, the guy who I think helped him with the book who is narrating some of the story, but then you've got Goggins who's in the studio with him and that at the end of the chapters, they will then talk through the chapter that you've just heard you know, and it will expand more on that particular chapter. But then also as well, what I liked about it is that similar to the Fiona Harold book, you know, Be Your Own Life Coach, this, it, it then sets you goals and targets, like, you know, talks about the accountability mirror and about, you know, looking in the mirror and setting, you know, being honest with yourself um, and other things as well, you know, that we only push ourselves up to. He's got the 40% rule, you know, and, and that's about, you know, we, we only really tap into 40% of our potential, um, you know, and so it's about how to unlock that other 60% so you can push yourself to the limits and all that. So really, awesome. really good. Brilliant, really book. Um, I think it's like 11 hours in total, but, you know, I listened to it when I went running. So it was just awesome. And uh, there you go. Ben, what do you got? Anything to wrap up? Bugger all. Just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, obviously, guys, Firstly, I've had a blast. I love recording you guys. It's just, it's such, I'm just smiling from ear to ear and it's just uh, brilliant. Which at the moment is not such a big smile because of these masks we've got to wear, but <laughs> my ears are coming closer together. So <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have to cut that bit out there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've absolutely had a blast chatting with you guys. It's, I'm like buzzing now from that as well. But from my point of view, is I haven't really got a recommendation with that. I think my recommendation to people is probably... Just try and keep that positive positivity flowing. But also, just with regards to the internet and stuff like that, try not to share fake news stories without get, looking past the headline first and believing it. 
please just just try and do that for a couple of weeks. And oh shoot, we could have an you, entire you, 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 episode following yeah. how to handle yourself on social yeah, media. Yeah, <laughs> for another time, but no. But just um, I hope people get a lot out of listening to this show because for me, I just uh, every time we record, I just feel pumped and it's just uh, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah. I, I, I would end on that same exact note i always feel jazzed i feel like i'm reinvigorated i feel like i could take on the world yeah. that's a great feeling um all i'll say is folks go back re-listen to the last little bit there the the, the bullet list that i put together we all weighed in on it we all ironically it felt like ben was looking at my list over my shoulder which goes to show these tools can work for a lot of people. These 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 suggestions that you you'll have to tailor them to your own life, but they're so similar because they work. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We're all talking about these exact same things. We're all agreeing. You know, so go back and listen to listen to that list. In fact, I think with the show notes, I'll even put down the 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 bullets that I have here, so that way you can kind of refer to them. But honestly, it starts with you. And you know, I talked about looking in the mirror. We could probably have an entire episode about that because it really does. Your positivity is in your hands. And if I could leave somebody at the end of this episode with that, that message, you may still feel like everything's against you, but at least now you've got a place to start. I'm, I'm holding open the door that says, you're going to do a 10K, but it starts with your first step. I'm holding the door open for you. Yeah. We all are. All three of us. Take the step. It starts with you. And it, you may fail after five minutes. But at least you tried. Keep working at it. It does get easier. And the point is, it's it's coming from three guys who have who have done it themselves. You know, it's not as if we're just reeling off a lot of old bullshit. It's we've been down there before, mentally speaking. And we all have. Everybody has. But once you get these tools in place, it it it's amazing how simple it can, how much easier it can make positive thoughts come through. It it, it becomes second nature. You know, that's that's the most important part. You, end up, you don't have to think about it really too much in the end. So it's um, amazing. The more you do it, the more automatic it becomes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it. Repetition is the key to success. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, do just a little bit of housekeeping here. I'm going to do my best. And Chris, you're really good at this. So if I start to say something incorrect about our mothership that has all of these different shows docked underneath it, let me know. But we are now 60 MW podcast. I like to think of it as 60 megawatts of honesty, truth, entertainment, and fun coming your way. But it's 60 MW podcast at your podcatcher of choice, Apple podcast, all over the place. Look for it. Subscribe. If you liked this show, share it on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, not on Facebook, just Twitter and Instagram, but you can find all three of us as well. And if you liked this particular episode of this show, uh, 60 MW podcast has several different kinds of shows underneath the banner. I would highly encourage you to check out the website, 60 MW dot co dot uk or the old name is still there 60 minutes with dot co dot uk it'll route to the website great reviews of of movies and video games you get to see what we look like read about us Uh, you can read about our sponsors Uh, you can help us with our world tour if you want to take a picture of uh of you holding the banner of the podcast and send it in and then we'll, we'll put we'll pin you to the map i mean we really love what we do but you guys are the audience you help us feel like we're doing something for you by by engaging back. So check out the website, check out social media. And uh, Chris, do you want to let people know how if they want to come to you directly, they say, hey, you're doing all this running. How did you start? I'd love to just learn a little bit more. How can people reach out to you? Yeah, uh, so I'm at Dastardly Jabby on Twitter. And uh, I do respond to pretty much, I think, everybody that you know sends messages. So um, yes, please do get in touch. I'd love that. Ben, what about you? Somebody's listening. They're saying, you know what? I've got kids as well, but I'm a product of a, of, of, a, of a divorced relationship. 
How do you stay friends? I'd love to know a little bit more about some of your steps of positivity. What, how do they reach you? I must admit, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit slacker than you guys on Twitter, but I am on there and it's at XX40. That's F O R D I E X X. Um, so I'm on there. Um, I will, I don't get on there as much as I hope to sometimes because I drive a lot. So I can't like reply so quickly during the day and that sort of stuff, but I will come back to you. So yeah, check me out on there. So. You're on Facebook as well, aren't you? I'm on Facebook as well, but I mean, I must admit that's, uh, I, I don't think I've got many random, I say random people, but I don't have many people who um, approach me on there from, from the interwebs and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm on there as well. It's under, if you search for Ben Fordy Ford, because I'm 40, you know, there is anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll engage. That you'd, There's probably more chance of actually getting me on there. For some reason, I don't really get the notifications so much on um, Twitter these days. I think I've turned them off or something, but um I had to do Could that. There will be a setting. There is a setting in there. I'm starting to sound like Walt now, aren't I? Make, make it pretending he doesn't know how it works. But yeah, no, it's. <laughs> but no, yeah, just, if you come and ask me a question, I'm, I'm more than happy to speak to anyone. I, I, love, I love engaging with people, so it's fantastic. Yeah. And you can hit me up directly in a couple of different places. I do have a job in radio as well. Uh, a lot of it is news talk. So. Uh, don't don't let it get to you if you're not exactly politically aligned because you can still hit me up for entertainment and all the other stuff and I will still respond. Uh, it's Alan J. Sanders on Twitter, A-L-A-N-J Sanders altogether. No, um, no hyphens, dashes, dots, whatever. Uh, or you could look for The Alan Sanders Show, which is the name of my radio show. You can also find that on Facebook and on Instagram. Any way you want to reach out, I will be more than happy to respond. I love to engage, love to meet people, love to have that conversation. As long as you realize it's a two-way street. If you're going to come at me with a bunch of nastiness, I don't feed the trolls. So don't be surprised if I let you go along your merry way. Beyond that, check out the website again, 60mw.co.uk. There is a contact us page there as well if you just want to send a message. And hey, if you liked this episode, take a second to rate, review, and share. Very easy to share it. Let people know about it. And it helps us grow the audience because who knows? Maybe somebody out there right now would love to have accidentally stumbled across a positivity show because they need it right now. So do your part. It's super easy to do. It's free. And, you know, we'd love you for it. So adios, guys. That's going to do it. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Until next time, come on back for another episode of what we call the ABCs of Fording Ahead. Everything is awesome. I am I am jazzed. It's like it was it's eleven o'clock and I just feel like I could just masturbate all night. It's just crazy. Definitely. And I think for me it's sorry, yeah, come on. Go ahead. We're not we're not we're, we're done. <laughs> Motherfucker.